0: Welcome to the Dare to Care Podcast, brought to you by HR Culture. And now here's your host, Susan Judd. Hi, listeners. Thanks for joining me today. I'm going to start today's podcast with a quote from the awesome and inspiring Dr. Seuss. He said, You're off to great places. Today is your day. Your mountain is waiting. So get on your way. For me, this quote links to today's guest who's working on preparing our Generation Z, our high school next generations for the world of work, to help help guide and encourage them to go out and achieve their dreams and goals. That's what this quote means for me. Preparation, preparing yourself to go out and climb that mountain, set your goal, set your dream, map a plan to get there. And so, I'd like to warmly welcome today's guest, Mr. Mark White, Careers Advisor at Hastings Secondary College in Port Macquarie, New South Wales. Mark's been an educator for about 24 years and a careers advisor for the last five years. The last five years. So welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Um, I'm hoping, Mark, that you're going to bring some unique insights to our podcast today as an educator of our current Generation Z. And I can't wait to hear your perspectives for some of the challenges that you're preparing the students for in the modern workplace, to help them climb their own mountains. So Mark, before I get into our five questions that we're going to ask, I'm going to ask you today, can you give us a bit of a background, a bit about who you are, how long you've been an educator, where you've been for our listeners?
1: Okay, thanks Susan. Yes, um, I grew up in a small rural town, Went through high school to year 12, um, then decided I'd like to go to university. So I went to Newcastle University and studied education. I did change a bit. I first of all got into physical education, so being a PE teacher because I love sport and being outdoors. But then um, just through an opportunity, I applied for a scholarship and got a scholarship to do social science teaching. Mm -hmm. So that meant I got money to go to university, which was a good thing. So I took that up and changed my first day at university from doing PE teaching to social science teaching. Oh. So that just goes to show you can't always just have a plan. Things change and yeah. you just go with it. Yep. Uh, so I did four years at university. When I graduated, I got a, a job because I'd been on a scholarship with the Department of Education and part of the um, payback to the department for getting paid is to go out and being employed in a rural area. So I got to go to a place called Barham, which is southwestern New South Wales. Um, So I was there for four years, had a great time. It was a great little high school, did my four years there. Then after being rewarded for being out um, rural western New South Wales, I could put in for a transfer. Got the beautiful Port Macquarie, which is um, on a lot of people's bucket list. So I got transferred to Port Macquarie 20 years ago (laughs) to... Old Port Macquarie High School. I've been here 20 years um, as a social science teacher at first. Then I thought I'd do some changes. I've worked in the department a few different roles. Uh, So I've left the school and done a few other different roles. And then five years ago, the opportunity came up to um, apply for the careers advisor position, which I'd previously gone back and done a postgraduate course through university because it's an area I've had interest in for a long time. Mm. So, yeah, got given the job as careers advisor five years ago at... um, Hastings Secondary College Port Macquarie campus.
0: Fabulous. Excellent. So thanks for giving us that bit of a summary. I think being a careers advisor in today's world would be intriguing because um, I know what we're going to talk about today is going to highlight some of those challenges that students and our next gens have in how to work out what to do and where to go. So Um, Before we get into those questions, um, I thought I'd share a bit of Australian research. So recent research by MacRindle Research, which is an Australian-based social researching organisation, estimates that our current generation Zeds will have up to 17 different careers during their lifetime. I think it was um, when when the research came back came out about a decade ago, around Generation Y, it was something like seven careers, and now they're looking at Gen Zs. They're talking about seventeen yeah. different careers. Um, so, given given this um, Aussie research data, how do you think that might impact what
1: you do? Yeah, good question. It, it's it's going to impact us a lot, and um, I guess it's the way you present it to the students too, because students here that the job you're going to do when you leave school hasn't even been created or doesn't exist yeah. and that can be a bit scary and a bit um be a bit detrimental to some students so i guess we've got to settle it in a positive light and say look there's all these increasing opportunities that are out there all these new things yeah. um so you, and that is a challenge in itself years ago there was only a set amount of jobs um traditional jobs that people did these days there's a whole host of things that are coming out there so just be making students aware of all these new opportunities and mm-hmm. where they can go and um, without overbearing them and making them feel scared of that.
0: Yeah, uh, overwhelmed. That's
1: overwhelmed. It's yeah. a massive challenge there because, yeah, every night on the TV they're saying jobs now are going to be like gigs. You go from one to the next to the next, as you said, whereas yeah. previously our parents and grandparents had one, one or two jobs and they stayed right through to retirement. So that's a whole, yeah. whole new change.
0: It's, it's really interesting because... Because what you've just brought up is the fact that some people—and this is just people, not even students—just some people want certainty. So even the fact that you know, seventeen when they when they quote when you quote that seventeen careers so for some people that will make them really um, concerned. Um, other people will be going, yay, awesome! I love variety and I get bored easily, so that's going to suit me down to the ground. But other people. Um, In general, their personalities, I I like to know what's coming next. I like certainty. I like, um, you know, I like habit. I like regular. And so that's going to, that could really worry them. Okay. So, Mark, let's get into our first question. So I want to, the first thing I want to ask you about is the sorts of workplace challenges that you're preparing students for. As an educator and a careers advisor, what are some of the challenges you foresee for, for our current Um, kids in high school
1: yeah so as we just touched on the the first main challenge is all these new jobs that are being created so Mm. making the students aware of those and and being prepared for those and just having some sort of um, talk and experience about all the just different range of jobs and occupations that are going to be available to them outside of school Mm. so there's lots of structural change occurring in the Australian economy which means we've got new markets new technologies and then we've got new forms of work. So just um, having the conversations with the students and bringing up what these new places of work are going to look like, that's um, one of our main challenges to start with. Also too, just recently I've been seeing that the proportion of low-skilled jobs in Australia. So previously there's been lots of jobs out there that have been available to low-skilled people that don't have great education or great skills. Mm. There's still a place for them, many job opportunities. But that is reducing remarkably mm. in the last few years. So there's not going to be the jobs out there for the students that don't get these skills and education that's required for today's workforce.
0: So, and so some of the things that you've just talked about, these, you know, there's reduction in low-skilled jobs and labour um, and the whole, I guess, uncertainty around what kind of jobs are going to be available. How does that make your students feel? Does that, like for some of them...
1: Yeah, good point. For me, that that makes me feel quite scared and, mm. and quite tentative. But for our students, the new generation, they're more day by day. So mm. some of these students aren't thinking too far down the track. They're quite used to things mm. change every day and things pop up and things are different. So yeah, some students get stressed about it, but a lot of our students just go over the flow and they're yeah, happy okay. that flexible. being quite flexible, which is mm. a skill in itself, I guess. Yeah. Awesome. But also too a challenge in the area we live in here is regional employment, okay? Like a third of people in Australia live outside our cities, but most of the jobs and variety of jobs are in our cities. So mm. students that come out of our, our schools here in Port Macquarie, um, a lot of them have got casual jobs, but a lot of them are seasonal, part-time work, mm. mainly in hospitality and in retail. So... Going into these other areas and having to move to the city is a big challenge as well.
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting because um, just like here in Port Macquarie, I work. I've worked for a long time around regional and rural New South Wales, um, and we lose our young cohort. We we lose when they finish school. We often we've had this problem where we lose them because they move away for work for education, um, and so it's a real it's a real challenge to keep that young vibrancy in town yeah
1: definitely true but I guess we're fairly lucky in Port Macquarie because we are a regional centre that's got a lot more wider range than other areas and also too our education and training facilities um, are increasing we've got university here. and Charleston mm. University is growing offering a lot yep. more courses so students can stay in Port Macquarie when I was first doing the careers advisor jobs, most of our students went to Newcastle University. That was the main proportion, but that's swinging around very quickly now and a lot yeah. of them are staying in Port Macquarie. So they can get to stay, stay, right? Yeah, 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 for the right course. Um, they can live at home, keep their part-time job. Mm. Um, it's way more cost-effective yep. than having to move away. Yeah, brilliant. So that, that's a good opportunity here locally.
0: Excellent. Okay, so let's talk about, let's take a look at the flip side. Tell us about what you believe... Um, your current school-based Gen Zeds are going to bring to the workplace um, that's going to be inspiring and really beneficial to our to our workplaces?
1: Yeah, the first thing that's fairly obvious is they're, they're all very tech-savvy. Um, they've always been wired, so they're very fluent with using technology, the day-to-day use of technology, which is not um, fluent nor normal with me. It is with them. So mm-hmm. basically every, every type of employment these days uses some form of technology, so our students leaving school and moving into employment now have great use of technology. Mm. Sometimes it can be overused, but they've got great, great use of that. The other thing is that they're, as we spoke about before, they're very flexible and open to change. Um, as you said, moving through 17 different jobs and things like that. Uh, so having that flexibility, being able to be global, move overseas, a lot of job opportunities. meaning mean, we move around the world. Years ago, you stayed in the one place. Now yes. you might work in Australia, then you might work in another country, six months in another country. So... These students are quite flexible and global and open to that sort of change, which is great.
0: It's really it's really what
1: the um, technology and the
0: internet has shrunk the world oh, from their perspectives, isn't it? Hasn't yeah, it? It's yeah, really definitely. like they can go anywhere, they can communicate at any time, to anywhere. Yeah. It's kind of opened up
1: yeah. even the world. A lot of students now, even they started their HSC are talking about um, their schoolie's. Used to be just the Gold Coast, Byron Bay, but now CG, yeah, Bali, United States. So they're glo- very globally aware and they use it. Yeah.
0: Mm, so yes, t- totally different to when we were when we were younger.
1: They also bring different values to the workplace, such as um, they're a lot more aware of cultural diversity, and they're also aware of justice and environmental issues, which is really good. So, That's great. Yeah.
0: They're also from from what um, from what the research tells us. They're also really. Um, wanting to work for employers who are socially responsible yeah. and um, environmentally savvy. Yeah, they do. Environmentally Absolutely. aware. Yes. So So um, it's really important for employers, modern employers, to know that to engage with younger people, these are some of the things they're looking for. Oh,
1: definitely. And I think that's great. It just opens up everyone's minds a lot more than we have. And, um yeah, students are very aware of all these issues going on around them.
0: Yeah, I think um, it's, it's really interesting because employers sometimes have negative views and negative perspectives of younger generations and I think it's important for them to look at that flip side about what they can actually bring that we, as, uh, as older generations, we can look and employers and we can look at and learn from our younger people about and be more aware of what's going on in our global environment um and what they can bring into our workplaces that maybe we're not isn't at the front of our minds
1: yeah i mean definitely learn from each other look employers can pass on their knowledge and what their expectations to our young people and our young people have got a lot to hand over to our traditional employers as well so it works yeah, well both yeah, ways though. yeah have
0: got a lot to learn um from a from a kind of employer and management perspective okay so i want to talk to you that kind of segues straight into expectations around the sorts of expectations um of the different stakeholders so as a careers advisor you'd be you're working closely with your students you'll also be i'm i'm making some assumptions you can tell me if you're working closely with services that provide that come into the school and help connect the students to workplaces um and into traineeships and apprenticeships, into vet study, into university um, and different different employers offering different career options. So with that kind of diverse understanding, what do you see as firstly the workplace expectations of your students? What are they hoping to experience in the workplace?
1: Yeah, I guess like we said before about students having lots of opportunities and a variety of things available, we at the school and careers advisor we do as well we have lots of agencies locally employers and local agencies coming in and universities and TAFE talking to us about options and things for our students so it is very hard for us to be able to engage with all those organizations yeah. and, and sort of link them with the students so there's a lot going on there but um, as we're talking about before how employers and students can learn from each other there's also a bit of, bit of a gap between them I find like A lot of our employees have more traditional expectations. Um, They're out in the workforce, so they've got the the traditional things like punctuality and work ethic and having enthusiasm. Um, And at the end of the day, employees are only going to employ people in their business. They're going to be productive and provide something for their business. So they're not going to employ something if they're not going to get something in return from them, whereas many of our students um, just think the perfect job's going to land in their lap. They don't need to do anything. They don't need to prepare themselves. They don't need to go out of their way and compete too much. So I feel yeah, there's, a, there's a bit of a gap between our employers that have these traditional expectations mm. and our students that are just using their Gen Z being carefree, flexible, moving along, and not really hoping for the best. for the best rather than setting the goals and preparing themselves on where to go. So, yeah. so it is a bit um, challenging in that area.
0: Yeah, it is. It's going to be a challenge because you're right. Employers, in my experience, still have reasonably traditional expectations. They want, they want people to show up on time. They Carefully. want people to be able to interact, make eye contact. Um, they want a good work ethic. They want, and certainly with younger. The younger generations coming in to certainly into trades and um, apprenticeships, they want them to even take on the heavy workload, like the yeah. heavy, like the heavy lifting, if yeah. you will, yeah. um, and something that someone only a, a, an employer only said to me yesterday uh, was. You know, are they, how are they fueling themselves? This is a discussion I had with an employee yesterday is, you know, when talking, talking to younger people that are coming into the workplace, you know, they really need to think about how they're fueling their body. What are they eating? What are they eating for dinner? What are they eating for breakfast? What have they got packed in their lunchbox for snacks? Um, because it can't just be a V, or a mother drink, yeah, yeah, you know, um, yeah, that yeah. you know that they're having for breakfast because yeah. that's not going to last eight hours of work. Yeah. So it's also hard for um young people coming into the workplace um to understand that you know if they they start at seven and then they might finish at three thirty or yeah. four o'clock. It's a long day. It's um it's a long day, and how did, and and there's an expectation that they. Um, can maintain their energy yeah. so that they can be productive the whole day. So it's just it's it's an employer expectation that sometimes doesn't get communicated, or that young people don't think about. They just we just don't.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think young people are as hands on and as outdoors as much as they used to be in the past. Yeah, Obviously, we enough. talked about how tech savvy and the use of um, mm. technology yep. means they're inside or using their technology, not outside, doing the hands-on things with their their parents and their family like they used to. So physically, yeah, a lot of our young people aren't prepared physically to go out there and spend eight hours a day out doing hands-on work.
0: Hands-on work, yeah.
1: Without being connected to technology and and doing other things. So that definitely is a challenge, the (laughs) physical aspect of our our young people in today's society,
0: definitely. It's, It's definitely challenging. It's just that the whole idea of the device is remains a challenge for yep. our for and and um a challenge for generation z to put them down and um our older employers to actually understand that they're, they're, they're connected and they can be
1: embraced for positive things in the workforce yep. like the, the young people can show many employers out there how they can connect to potential customers and people out there for for benefits so there's great benefits but there's also some limitations as well yeah absolutely
0: okay some challenges for our um, listeners to consider okay mark so let's let's look at your perspectives on what you see or believe is the kind of critical skills that our our your students our gen z's um, need to consider as they build um, and prepare for the workplace
1: yeah and This is thrown out there a lot in the work that I do, that um, students should have employability or soft skills. Okay, now they're terms that are used quite regularly, soft skills, but what do they actually mean? Mm. So the things like having good communication skills. So that's a two-way thing, being able to speak to people, shake hands, look people in the eye, and also listening, be able to be given information, know what they've got to do, follow instructions and things like that. So good communication skills is vital. Technology skills, which we said is pretty good for our, our Gen Zs. They've sort of been using technology regularly, um, so technology skills and what they can bring to the workplace is great for our employers. Teamwork, being able to collaborate with other people and work well with other people is a vital skill. Mm. Um, we take it for granted, but there is a lot of people out there that don't naturally um, work well and share resources with other people, so it's a great yeah. skill to be able to develop. Having an issue, now this is a very hard thing, um, with students but employers love it okay being able to think ahead and see what needs to be be done like yes when we start a job we we show someone what they've got to do but when they finish that job instead of sitting there waiting what, what to be told to be able to see get the broom and start sweeping up or tidying up or you can see that needs doing over there and, and just thinking ahead and going and doing it rather than having to be told all the time so employers really love that so all time. initiative is great yeah. and um time management okay so being able to complete tasks efficiently and effectively on time but the punctuality turning up on time knowing when your breaks are just going out being back on time after your breaks Mm -hmm. and also too the thing we're talking about these days is having creative and um, problem-solving skills and that's a key thing that a lot of um, the new jobs that are being created require and there's a big emphasis on STEM Uh, that's a, a big buzzword at the moment and that sort of develops a lot of those creative and problem solving skills
0: so can you can you unpack stem for
1: for us please so stem is an acronym for science technology engineering and mathematics yeah. uh, so it combines all those sort of areas and it, and it does do a lot of work and it is a lot of hands-on work but being creative problem solving given lots of tasks and working their way through these tasks so we actually have um So we have all those subjects, they're traditional subjects, but we do actually have an elective class now, um, which is called STEM elective. And Mm. in that, they do different projects. But one of the main projects they work on is, like, there's a school robotics team where they design and make a robot and they go away and compete against other schools and Mm. do really well with that. So that creates a lot of these new age skills um, in many areas. And it's teamwork and it's um, good communication with others. So it brings all those skills together. Um, through this new
0: STEM, it's re- it's really interesting because are they skills? Like I'm just thinking about different people, or even parents that might be listening, um, thinking about their kids in maybe stage five or even earlier stages of high school, where as an elective, would this be? Would they would they be useful subjects for kids who are considering apprenticeships or traineeships, and, and not only university? Who are thinking about? Oh, I love science. I love maths. I love tech you know and that engineering kind of thing building things it, would these be useful skills for even kids who are considering maybe a vet path a vocational education pathway
1: yeah definitely definitely um as we said there is a lot of um academic and theory skills in them, but there's heaps of practical skills in them. So students get the chance to sit down with their hands and design things and make things and mm. design things so there's lots of
0: yeah development so it
1: in those works areas. for both it works for both definitely yeah. it works there's that's all part of teamwork. There's people in there that are doing the written work and and um, doing the formulas, but there's also the people that are putting it together and yeah, okay. and, and using their hands. So it's great for all those things. But mm. at the end of the day, as you pointed on, pointed out that um, students have got to have an interest, and in, if they're choosing their electives or subjects, picking things that sort of fit in with their what they enjoy. with their interests and what they enjoy, because mm. they're always going to do better and um, perform better in things that they're enjoying and got an interest in, rather than just being told to do something because they should.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that at home as a parent, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely true.
0: <laughs> it's definitely true. Okay. So critical skills it's really interesting because the critical skills that you've listed are actually um, many of the top ten skills that the World Economic Forum identified um, as the as essential skills, workplace skills by twenty twenty for everybody in the workplace globally. Yep. They're so you know, the your problem solving, your critical thinking, your creativity and innovation. Um, the ability to get along with other people you know all of these skills are in the top 10 skills as published by world economic forum so you're right on the money there
1: it's yeah and they're starting. published and the students hear them all the time but mm. the, the, the big challenge is is being able to give the students those skills and they can take those skills yeah. what and you can mean? see them what they can yeah, yeah show me those skills it's hard to yeah. actually the observe practice, and like see the them, practical, practical sense of them yeah, yeah the but there is lots of I was saying that the government is spending a lot of money and other organizations to try and create, create like as i said the robotics competition and, teams. Yeah. and even locally we've got the local rotary club um, sponsoring our school to provide materials and resources so they can go ahead and, and be involved in that so yeah. it's great
0: excellent okay awesome so uh, mark finally what's your best advice for your students not only your students but other students that may be listening or parents of students that may be listening or even employers that might be listening, what's your best advice to help prepare them for their entry into the workplace, to find their feet, set their goals, start climbing that mountain that Dr Seuss mentioned? Um, What advice have you got?
1: The first thing for students is just taking the opportunities and exploring all your options, okay? At schools, there's different things that come up. Um, we have quite a few employers coming into the school to talk about what they do. Um, we have lots of career expos where they can go along and see um, different employment, universities, TAFE, other training providers. So go, sp- particularly don't leave it till year 12. Particularly in younger years, go out there and just check out what's available, what's around them. Mm. Start exploring, asking questions, mm. finding about out about these things. You can tick it off and say that sounds like me, or no, I don't really want to do that. So move on to something else. So I just really, really try and emphasise to all our students, just go and explore. Don't leave it to the last minute. Explore, find out what's out there so you can start looking around and making judgement of what might suit you. Um, there is a lot of pressure put on students who mm. always say, people say to them, what do you want to do when you leave school? And, oh, if they're not sure, people look at them a bit funny or question them again. Mm. So there's a lot of pressure there. But I'm, I just say to students, just go out there and have a look around and, and find out what's around you. And if you do see something you might like, just throw it out there to people say, oh, I want to be an engineer, and, and they'll get off your back and you can start exploring those options. Also, too, opportunities. Schools provide massive amount of opportunities these days um, and there's a lot of short courses offered, things like a first aid course or white card or a Brista course. Brista, yeah. Barista, that, that gets offered all the time. So do these things. They're extra skills. They're things you can write down. The employers like seeing that you've done it, even if it's not related to the hospitality industry, as long as you've gone and you've done something extra. Um, volunteer work around the schools Mm -hmm. our school sort of does lots of work in the community volunteers for Ironman businesses and employers love that that you've gone out of your way done something different you've offered your time Um, you're not just doing the the mandatory things you're doing extra things Mm. extracurricular things are really important it's
0: interesting because um, you know the voluntary piece um, is maybe not something that all of these, all of these Gen Zs think about doing. Although they they are a large cohort of volunteers, like Generation Z has been identified as um, the most engaged in volunteering ever.
1: Yeah, and they they do volunteer for things they they, they see a, a vision or passion in, like environmental yeah. things. They do, yeah. Mm. And I said like locally, the Iron Man, and they see that as a, a big um, positive contribution to our. Local Telelocal, economy, they'll, they'll get involved in that. So if they see that's a value and it's something they they think fairly passionately about, they will get involved. Yeah.
0: yeah, and which is great because it's sometimes because as you say, it's looked on really positively by employers when they're going into the even if they haven't had a part time job job, if they've volunteered yeah. for a few years at various events in town, that's that's perceived as really positive. Yeah, and
1: definitely, and a lot of the in Port Macquarie, there's not. There is a lot of positions that come up and positions that do get advertised. There's a lot of competition. So you've just mm. got to set yourself to be different to others. So yeah. by volunteering and doing extracurricular things, that's really setting yourself from others to the employees. So that's a great thing to do. Yeah. And just moving on from that, like yeah. the big thing is doing some work experience, whether that's school work experience where you might do a week or two through school or having a part-time job, that's still work experience. Mm. We see that students that have done work experience or have a part-time job, they get confidence. They can see what the workplace is like. They're the ones that are going to be successful in leaving school and transitioning straight into employment. But the ones that sort of stand back and don't get involved in work experience or don't have a part-time job, um, yeah, they find it hard to transition to the workforce Mm. later on. So that's a big tip to make sure that you get involved in school work experience or try and get a part-time job
0: yeah because if you think about it all of those critical skills that we talked about in my fourth question to you you're learning as soon as you get out and exposed into a workplace right whether it's volunteering or it's a part-time job you're getting you're working on teamwork you're working on creativity you're working on problem solving with others all of those and it's real world It's real-world practical application.
1: Yeah, and we find students here, a lot of them get jobs in the hospitality industry, and when they first get their job, they might be at the back doing some sort of menial sort of work, but then Mm. they get their confidence and develop their skills. They'll be moved along and out the front and and doing other things, so definitely they pick up those skills in those jobs. And then all of a sudden our barista
0: course or those extra little courses that they might have gone along to become really Really beneficial. That's right. The
1: rest of the course, next minute you catch a plane overseas, you're travelling around the world and you've got jobs everywhere. Because you've got that key skill. Yep. Also, and the next thing is like that we talk about all the time is trying to match your interest to the occupation. That's that's a big thing we talk about. And it's very hard to do. Like we all got separate interests and you're not going to get the, the dream job that matches your interest perfectly, but just mm. general things like if you like working with your hands or working outdoors is trying to follow an occupation in those areas. Yeah. There's a lot of students these days that want to be um, programming for, for game developers, but there's not many successful game developers around Port Macquarie. But mm. um, if you like working with computers, maybe look at a, an IT job or working in that area. So try mm. to find your key interests and work in that general area. Yes. And then again, yes. like we talk about um, Dr. Zeus. Okay, the places we'll go. We talk about that in careers lessons. So there's different paths, and if you go on one path and it's not working out, you don't like it, change, move. Direction, go somewhere else. It's
0: and, interesting because yeah. he's got another. He's got another quote, hasn't he? It's about you. You move. You're not a tree. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> and all the challenges you face along the way, and that that happens in life. And um, there's some careers theories called the chaos theory. So not everything goes smoothly. You move into one area, and there's chaos. So you just stop, change, move into something else, try something else. So, and we talk to people that have been working for many years. Most people haven't had a smooth dream run through all their careers. So you just got to be prepared to be flexible and move on and try something else if it doesn't work out
0: it's really interesting because it makes me think about a bit of a tangent but it makes me think about when they get into the workplace and they're working with people that might be not of the gen z they might be older people those talking to those people about their stories about what was it like for you to navigate your Mm. career you know because that's the way we build rapport is to find commonality Mm. and things in common and sometimes we have young people who find it really difficult um, or older people in the workplace to find it really difficult to work with the younger people, you know, yeah. so finding that commonality and asking about how, asking them maybe about how they, what their career's been like and where they've been and what are some of the challenges can really build that rapport yeah. to help them get that connection yeah. in the workplace.
1: And that's coming back to before, just exploring and talking to other people and seeing what they've done and how they've done it. Mm. Just by having those conversations and hearing from people, that that's a massive education of a lot of our students. Yeah. And I said, like, a lot of the older generation people like talking to the younger generation people and vice versa because they can share their experiences their learn off each other because yeah. we are quite different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any further advice?
1: Um, the other thing is, <laughs> this is not probably not going to go great with um, family, parents, friends, but I say don't always just listen to your family. Um, we do sort of go what's environmentally around us. So you do take a lot of advice from your friends and family, but the world has changed a lot. Like years ago, if you were really good at school, yes, do medicine. But now there's plenty of other things out there. If you're really good at school and great at science, there's many other opportunities. So parents are great. They provide advice, provide a lot of support to our students, but also things have changed quite a bit. So students need to sometimes find their own niche, not just be pigeonholed by their parents and friends. So Mm -hmm. I just try and hope the parents out there, listen to their students and look at what they're good at and look at their their interests and their skills and, and just let them find their positions rather than them sort of saying my parents used to do this and this is what I did so you should do the same so mm. I, I feel it's yeah it's,
0: it's really interesting it's a really it's really <laughs> interesting advice
1: because as a parent
0: sitting here as a parent of a teenager in yep. high school yep. it's really difficult to not have a picture or a hope of what of the path that they might, you might
1: want yeah. them to take. No, it's great to, to have conversations and have a picture, but but actually, yeah.
0: what that what that teenager, my teenager, might want to do <laughs> might be entirely different to my hope for them. That's
1: so right. And if they do, like go with it, and go, and yeah. help them and It is them what it is, right? Path and help them get skills and experience of what they need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's work, many work different with
0: them. there's many different ways yeah. to be a success in the world, isn't there? Oh, exactly. exactly. So long as they're contributing. They're, um, you know, they're getting out into the workplace. They're contributing to their, to to their own um, well-being and their and the communities were, and making a good contribution. That's what we want. Yeah, we it want. might
1: not happen straight away. It yeah. might, might take them a few years. They might to go travelling through Europe and checking things out, and then they'll come back and they'll yeah. have a clear a picture of what they want to do and where yep. they go. So yeah, yep. love it. Work with them.
0: Love it. Great advice. Love it. <laughs> um, as a as a um, person who's dedicated to um, helping kids navigate our Gen Zs navigate the new world of work, as well as a parent of a of a Gen Z of a couple of Gen Zs myself, great advice. So thank you, thank you mark for your insights today thank you for your advice and your ideas and your time so um listeners i hope you've enjoyed what um, mark has shared with you from his perspective as an educator and a careers advisor i think he's had some i think we've gained some great insights um, ourselves to and to, to really consider and think about and if you're a gen Z listening um hopefully um, you can take on board some of that advice. And if you're a parent or an employer, you too. Um, if you've So I'd like to thank Mark. So um, I'm applauding him while we sit here. Thanks, um, I hope you join. I hope, listeners, that you can join us for our next episode. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode and the episodes um, prior to this one, please find and like us on Facebook at Dare to Care to find out um, when we post additional podcasts and other cool information and insights. Um, we'd love your comments or reviews of the podcast there on our page as well. And please don't forget to give us a five-star review if you've enjoyed our podcast on the software of your choice. Um, this is really helpful to us and we love that we're we um, we love that we're, you know, talking about things that you're enjoying um, and we'd love that you can then share the love of the podcast. So um, thank you very much for your time and bye until next week. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dare to Care podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or find out more about HR culture and dare to care by going to hrculture.com.au. You've been listening to
1: another Morgan Media production.